Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I'm a Some bad hat It's a cool not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing The Sopranos Season 4. Damask Leary, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I've, I'm in the process of moving house. Mm. My parents have been down for the last few days helping me. It has been an intense process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. How are you, Brad? I'm good, thank you. You can probably tell listeners that my voice is not of uh, its usual standard. It's a little bit blown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, you know, calm. Be, be rest assured that I'm not sick. I just, the football... The sport of Melbourne, AFL, has returned to Melbourne finally. It's been 500 and something odd days since the last time I went to a footy match live. Mm, my, my, my. And I got to go to one last night. My Tigers won. Because they're good at doing that these days, which is mm-hmm. nice. And my voice. Yeah, there was a lot of shouting, singing, screaming. <laughs> so, my, my voice is gone. Apologies for that. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You're moving in next week for, a, for a little while, which would be cool. Yeah, the movers are coming to take everything away on, I think it's the Wednesday. Yep. And so after that, uh, myself and my little dog Pearl will be moving right on in. That's exciting, mm. but it's old times. I know. It's like when we when we first started the podcast and we lived together. Exactly. Fun. Exactly. We've come full circle. I have. Uh, you been watching anything exciting, or no? You're just getting ready. I haven't to had time. Move. I've just been playing Minecraft. Really, if I've got an extra minute. Oh no, that's not true. I lied to you. I, I apologize. I have been catching up on the Real Housewives. Yeah. Because I had to cancel my Hey You subscription few months ago because I didn't have the $6 to pay for it. But I've paid it now. I'm back watching Real Housewives. And so, I've been watching Real Housewives of Dallas. Very nice. Mm. I reckon you'll probably talk about that when we do Off Topic, hot, off topic hot Topic next week. I certainly will. Sounds good. In the meantime, though, let's get to our spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 4. Let me clue you in. Season in review. We're back in New Jersey and things have never been quite so pretty much the same as it's been for the last three seasons prior. As Tony tries to balance his mob boss duties, numerous affairs and a strained home life while processing it all via his psychiatrist. Is this the season where the status quo finally shifts? Maybe. Season four consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 54 minutes and took us approximately 11 hours and 40 minutes to watch. Damas, did you notice... There was almost mm. no new major characters in this season of The Sopranos. Like, usually I put in, like, oh, mm. you're now featuring this new star, or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it might be that's coming as a recurring character. I was going through, I was like, was there anyone who really stood out as, like, a new character or actor that played a major role? I couldn't No, not think that of I can one. think of, which I think is beneficial for the show. Sure. Yeah. So, before we get to our spoiler-free review, Damas, do you want to remind the listeners how you felt about The Sopranos up to this point? Mm. 
I really enjoyed season one. I was like, okay, I can see why this show is beloved. Um, I'm sure it's going to get better and better and better. So I really like season one. Season two, I was like, not as good as season one. Um, bit of growing pains, all that stuff, but still a really good show. Uh, season three happened and I was like, fuck this show. I don't want to do it anymore. I fucking hate it. It was boring. It was almost unbearable to watch. I hated everything that was happening. Wow. Um, yeah, did not like. Did not like. I think when you say a season, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. is never a really good sign. Yeah, I'm in a similar place. Enjoyed season one quite a bit. Definitely was down season two. Season three, I'm starting to go, yeah. Why are we doing this again? I'm talking about this show. <laughs> uh, but we persevere because it's one of the greats. We've got to get to it. So, Damask, would you like to give us your spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 4? You know what, Broad? Why not? Let's do it. Thank you. All right. So, as I was saying, I hated Season 3. I just couldn't take this show anymore. It was unpleasant to watch. I didn't care about anyone. And I really didn't want to review any more of it. But I thought, you know, we'd persevere. And I'm happy to report that I did not hate this season as much as the last. Put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I was able to watch it all in one day and I actually enjoyed myself. We finally have a bit of a break from seeing women physically brutalised, though we still see some top-notch emotional abuse for all you misogynistic sadists at home. Instead, we get to have a nice look at the weight of the patriarchy planted onto Tony's shoulder. He loves the power, but boy, oh boy, does he like to complain about all the pressure that goes with it. That's right, you losers. Forcing traditional roles down your family's throat isn't much fun for you either. You pay all the bills, refuse to see your partner as anything but another dependent, and then emotionally distance yourself from them. Stop hurting yourself and everyone around you. Good Lord. Anyway, we also get to spend some time watching Adriana deal with some real shit. It's nice to see one of the ladies in the mix with consequences that directly affect the capital F family. They've added emotional stakes to this season. Most characters are still just simmering, but you can see the writers turning up the heat. We're about to watch it all boil over, or at least I'm hoping that's what happens. That's, that's a bold statement. I'm, I'm really hoping. I mean, I've, I felt like this season was a bit of a... And now to the next chapter. That's how I felt watching it. Yeah. Um, Tony and Carmella continue on their same shit. But like I said, you can see the momentum building. In season three, we saw the couple trying to sew things back together. But Tony is Tony. And so, yes, shit happens. Anyway, this is the season in which you get the distinct feeling, or I did, that everything is slowly decaying. The edges are fraying. Bad things are on the way and we get to watch that slow decay each episode. It's a less violent season and I think much more interesting because of it. It's the check-in season. You know, how is everyone doing? And the answer is not fucking well. Not well at all. Everyone seems pretty comfortable with their lives. They've gotten into a rhythm. But that complacency allows for everything to slip. And I am here for it. If the show continues in this trajectory, I think I have a far better chance of enjoying it. I don't want to watch a bunch of misogynistic, racist, violent assholes living their lives. I want to see them sweat and lose because of their inability to change. I still wouldn't describe this show as my jam, but I'm starting to have more faith that it can live up to its reputation. That's my review. Very good. Uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record. We've, I feel like I've done this review a few times already, so yeah. I'm just going to... Just know, make it the remix. It, the, yeah. the, sure. 
Um, yeah, re, 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 remix. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so I'm just going to go through a few of the points that I've said previously that still apply. For all its strengths, the generally strong writing and some really good performances from its leads. I'm still pretty lukewarm on this show. As I've said before, maybe I'm just coming at this too late. Mm-hmm. Some other issues I noticed this time around, um, there are some characters in this show that I just wish weren't in the show whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about. And Can't wait for that segment. There's, yeah. one, there's one in particular, I'm just like, every time they're on screen, I'm like, I don't I understand. Get out of here. Yeah, I really understand why you're still on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might know who or, you're talking or, about. Yeah, I struggle with this one person. And it's not like they're not necessarily an interesting character to some in some regard. It always feels like it's a distraction from other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that um, when we get to spoiler talk. I have a, a pet peeve I noticed. There's this, especially at the start of this season, there's a lot of ADR, additional dialogue recording, mm-hmm. where they will add in lines that weren't recorded on the set to fill in blanks they think need filling in. And most of the time, they're completely unnecessary mm. and they always distract me and just pull me out. Right. I don't know why they do it. Maybe it wasn't as obvious back when watching this on Standard Death or whatever it was when it came out. But every time I hear an ADR line that just doesn't belong or mm. is doing something super superfluous... It's an over like, the shoulder and it sounds really crisp. It sounds really crisp <laughs> and is usually just unnecessary. Yeah. It's, it's filling in a blank that actually wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, making something more explicit than need to. Um, it didn't follow through on some of the more interesting narrative hooks that they did bring up last season, which I'm, again, looking forward to talking about in the spoiler probably discussion. probably will need a reminder on those, so I can't wait for there, that. But there was a couple I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to see how that develops, and then they just either barely get brought up to the point where they may as well not have been or mm. are completely forgotten. I'm like, oh, I thought they were going somewhere with that. It's interesting that they haven't done that. Mm. We'll talk about that later as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that just annoys me is when the show is reaching a great moment of like intrigue or, or drama, sometimes it just starts it and teases you with it and then stops it. Like literally just cuts to the next scene. I'm like, you, we, <laughs> we were just getting somewhere that was going to be really interesting. Like what? There's more to that conversation, I'm sure. No one walked out of the room. They were still talking. Why did we cut away? There was more to be said here. And that um, just baffles me sometimes when it does that. Um, but <laughs> but this season, and last season we talked about how I thought the show had a pacing problem. Mm-hmm. This season, I agree with you, has the most momentum of any season since season one. And overall, I think I enjoyed this season the most since season one. Mm. Um, I'm very happy to see that some of the crime boss tension between different families is building and explored and dealt mm-hmm. with in different ways this season. Sometimes, again, it feels a bit like teasing, but, you know, generally just it feels like it's integral. It's actually happening this season. So I was, I was enjoying that. Um, I also enjoy the show where it's being weird, when it's leaning into its David Lynch, where it's doing, you know, Tony's dreams and nightmares and it's having fun with that sort of stuff. I am having fun too in those moments. And I'm glad they seem to be doing it more and more. I'm not always following <laughs> where, where it's going with some of them, mm. um, but I am appreciating that it's willing to do something a little bit off the cuff. I've always enjoyed that, and I still do. Um, and when it wants to be funny, and I think sometimes, I think it generally thinks it's funny, and I'm not always laughing, but there's a couple of scenes this season. They're not quite the um, this episode from last season with Christopher and Paulie that mm. the- I really enjoyed that. Uh, which I can't remember what's called. The Barons. That's what it was that you really loved. Mm. There's a couple of very, very, very good scenes this season. I'm like, oh, more of this. If there was more of this, I'd be enjoying this show all mm. the time. And there's some really standout ones this season. Um, but most of all, I'm just so glad it's finally happening. I felt like this season had some consequences finally. Yes. Some agreed. chickens that have been roost that have been ready to roost for a long time mm-hmm. have come home, sat down, 
and started roosting. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. This feels like this has been more than earned at this point. I understand you can't just get to those moments in season one or season two. It takes a while to get there, but some of this stuff's been stewing for so long. And to finally get some payoff for that and to Mm. feel like maybe the status quo is a little bit different at the end of this season. Mate, I'm actually looking forward to next season. I wonder what next season looks like, Mm -hmm. which I did not feel that way at the end of last season whatsoever. We both were like, should we check out? Yeah. (laughs) We felt like we could. Well, I was just kind of like, I, I think I asked the questions like, what what really changed? Yeah. What really happened last season? Um, whereas this season, I'm like, where we left off, cool. Mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing what happens next. And that meant a whole lot to me. And I go into next season with some optimism, which I really didn't last season. So overall, second favorite season after season one, definitely the best that we've had mm-hmm. um, since then. What is your score and ranking for this season, Damask? Well, I, my score is only indicative in terms of where I want to place it with the other seasons. Sure. So, I don't necessarily – in terms of the score that I've given it, that score in relation to other shows isn't valid. Okay. It's just in relation to the other seasons. It exists in its own soprano verse it of scores. Yeah. Okay. So, it's just like me rating it from like, you know, first to fourth or whatever. Sure. So, I'm giving it 4.5. Whoa. Yeah, only because I gave say, season one a five sure. and season two a four. Gotcha. Right? And I think it sits in between those for me. And obviously season three got a 3.5. Can I offer so. you a little or something there? Maybe just say it's a four, but it's a higher four than the other one. Okay. If you don't feel All like right. it deserves the 4.5. I don't think it does. Okay. okay. All right. That That is... I'll give it a four. Thank you, A God, high, higher four than the other yes. one. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, I... As as we I've said, I feel like I said this every season. There is obvious quality in this show here and there. It just so often doesn't vibe with me enough mm. that I can give it anything higher than that, really. Um, but but definitely the most I've enjoyed the show for a couple of seasons now, mm-hmm. um, and it's still better than a lot of the trash that we've watched on this show. Yeah. So yeah, easy three point five. But I have a hard time going higher than that at this stage. That's all right. You got self respect. I understand. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And just because we love you, baby, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. Woohoo! We would also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family, random people on the street, whatever, who you think might also enjoy listening. Next week, we'll be back with uh, one of our patented off-topic, hot-topic episodes, talking about the things we've been watching, some new in television and so forth. After that, we'll be doing a review on Succession Season mm, 1. So like to contribute to our discussion of Succession. Or if you have any thoughts on The Sopranos, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for The Sopranos Season 4. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 4 of The Sopranos. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Sopranos up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You, you have, have been, been warned. warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. So as we were getting ready to uh, do our spoiler talk... You just said, hey, can we go through the things that you mentioned in your mm-hmm. spoiler-free review? Was there something that, that stood out in particular? Let's start, like, maybe it was the other issue. So, the character that I just wish wasn't yes. in the show. What was? Mm-hmm. Who did you think that was? You had a thought. Well, f- first, I'm thinking Junior. Okay. Yeah. And if not, then it's probably Janice. It's definitely Janice. Okay. Well, uh, I enjoyed what she was doing this season, but yeah. I, I, there's a couple of things that throw me off with Janice. I just yeah. don't find her particularly interesting mm-hmm. i also don't love the performance really i think she's it's she's really mugging it all the time to me the facial expressions and the rolling the eye it's like it's a constant thing and we're like every you're surrounded by some brilliant performers and she just seems like a caricature to me oh i think she's great i don't agree with that at all and but it <laughs> I found it frustrating. And, like, she's a character who's meant to be frustrating, right? She's yes. meant to be. She's a, a scammer and a grifter and all those sorts of things. She's mm-hmm. constantly doing that. But I I don't care. I don't find enjoyable. I don't enjoy... What's the guy whose wife died? Bobby. Bobby? And, yeah. like, I'm not intrigued by that. I don't care about nothing about him to care that Janice is doing this mm-hmm. with him. Like, they are C, D tier characters who are getting, like, 
lots of scenes in multiple episodes. I'm just like, why are we doing this? I don't. Mm. I'm not. I'm not really. Don't, I'm not invested in, in one iota. I'm not entertained by it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not intrigued by it. I'm just like, I don't know why we're yeah. doing this. I mean, I understand your criticisms there, and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I don't know for some reason this season. <clears throat> I was happy to spend time with Janice. Mm. I enjoyed her. I mean, it's, they're just the fucking Sopranos, really. But like her desire to live a better life, to do to do better, and like the Sopranos, take that and just poison it with absolute toxicity. So she wants a better man. She wants to do all of that make better choices but she can't help herself but just to do it in the worst and most damaging way i always feel like when i'm most interested in janice is when she's in relation to tony as brother and sister and Mm -hmm. also because they are both uniquely damaged by their mother Mm -hmm. like janice represents a lot of the worst characteristics of lydia Mm. um olivia lydia livia Livia. Livia. Tony and Janice's (laughs) mum. And she represents so many of those worst characteristics that Tony has only started Mm. to come to grips with or, you know, is struggling with in season one, season two. And that stuff intrigues me. And, like, you're not wrong about why that should be interesting, this person who is apparently trying to live a better life but just doesn't know how to do it without being extremely toxic. But Mm. it's just predictable at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. she's always going – she's always been. She's not really – ever come close to doing it well or right or not like there's nothing about, i'm not rooting for her i'm mm. not i guess i'm not entertained by her so yeah that's where i'm at with yeah. her i guess i just love the stories she tells herself like she really thinks that she's doing it for the betterment of this poor man <laughs> and his poor children um and well i think there's probably better ways for them to do it i like the kind of the stories the Sopranos tell themselves to feel like they're okay people. Janice is well and truly in the land of delusion. Yeah. But I but I find that amusing okay. to me. Yeah. And I enjoy the performance. And I, I also think it's a nice break away from the capital F family sometimes. Sure. What about you thought it might have been Junior? It sounds like you've got problems with Junior's. I don't have problems with junior necessarily but when you're saying that like why are you still here there's certainly an element of that it's funny because it's i would argue there's a lot of reasons that junior being around can be a very good thing in terms of the complications for tony who's the currently the de facto head of this family but is it but that well that's the question it's like he should be around still Mm -hmm. but they need to actually use that in dramatically interesting ways yeah and Part of me was really excited when I was like, oh, we're getting, finally getting to this court case that's been coming for mm-hmm. a long time for Junior. And maybe we'll get to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And kind of we just get a couple of the incidents of them trying to grift their way out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And again, I was left going, was there something more dramatically interesting here for Junior? Yeah. They they sort of touch on this idea that maybe he's going to start deteriorating mentally and that might be something down the line. But it's mm. just... Yeah, I it's think just he's, he's so, like, castrated at this point. There isn't a whole lot for him to do. Mm. And I think it's, while he could be, you know, a great support and mentor for Tony in a lot of ways, I think Tony's kind of using Melfi in a lot of ways to do that, to discuss those 
issues with instead of junior. So, yeah, he didn't have a whole lot to do. That might change in the future, but how often do we say that about this show? <laughs> That's so. well. One of my other things was that it didn't follow through on a couple of narrative hooks that well, I thought yes. were going to be were interesting those? from last season. So, number one yeah. was um, AJ had his panic attacks mm. last season. It happened twice. Mm-hmm. Once when he was – there was a football thing that happened. He had one. And then once it finally happened in front of Tony and yeah. Calm. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll be interested to see, you know, what this is like for Tony and AJ. You know, is there – he sees as something he's passed down, a weakness maybe that he feels in himself he's passed down to his son, something like that. Seeing AJ deal with that sort of stuff, it's just a non-issue. It just doesn't. Yeah, I totally forgot it, about that. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. just not It's not a thing this season. And then I'm left going, well, why was the thing last season? What mm. did we learn about AJ or Tony at that point, really? It felt like a, a potential for something to be said or explored, or but it's they never, they've never brought it up since. Well, maybe they will, Brad. No, the, <laughs> like, no. the other one, which is the yeah. one that actually really infuriates me, Ooh, because they kind of did touch on it, but then mm. they just didn't seem to follow through with the point of it, or maybe that was the point. I'm missing that. Was Carmela was made a decision at the end of last season to make herself financially independent from Tony. Yeah, she was learning to be a real estate agent for the exact thing. Yeah, and there is no follow through on that. She's reading her books and yeah. she falls in love with Furio, but there's never a thing about it's never a thing about actually getting away from him. Yeah. In that in that regard. In fact, it's the opposite. Where I don't understand where the money is, Tony. Let's you know, like she takes the money and she, you know, rightly owed to whatever. Mm. But if if they as a partnership are meant to be dealing with this money together and she wants to know where it is, it's still the money he's getting from doing his shit that yeah. you told us last season you well, wanted to get away that's, from. Yeah, that's the thing, is it? Yeah. So last season it was the moral dilemma brought to her being like, you know, if you really want to be truly free from him, then mm-hmm. you can't take that blood money anymore. So she was going to m- make steps towards being financially independent in a way that um, felt morally right to her. Yes, she does read her real estate books, but ultimately they kind of get to a similar end that perhaps they were aiming for, but with the moral murkiness with obviously her taking the money and her investing it so that she can be independent from him in the future, but not through the way that they were signposting at the end of season three, which <sighs> would have been... But it wasn't just signposting. Like, it was... It, was, it wasn't... I didn't think it was just lip service. I thought mm. it was like setting up because there's a way to tell the story where she well, tries to do that. And it, it wasn't just lip service until we got this season. Sure, which sure. Is like, well, now now it, it is was, just lip yeah. service. But like, shit, I... I'm just looking at this from the as someone as a, a viewer who is interested in that storyline. Mm. All you need is a couple of episodes of her really trying to do that and struggling and just not being able yeah. to actually separate herself financially like she wanted to. Mm. And then she makes the decision to turn towards like, mm-hmm. well, wait a second. If I I just don't have any control of any money, I can't do it myself and I don't have control of the money that's coming via Tony. Mm. I need to figure out a way to at least have some security there. Yeah. That you can you can transition from one to the other. That's what you want to do. But it just drops the ball. It just forgets that was ever a thing. As far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, she literally does the real estate thing, and it turns into how she's tr- staying connected to Furio, mm-hmm. which is a storyline I actually quite like. I actually quite enjoyed the Carmen Furio stuff. I did too. But 
it, I like the tension in it. I the sadness creating both of them because they're both trapped. Yeah. Um, because of this this man who limits the possibilities for their own lives. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I was invested in that. But the frustration comes in. Well, what am I meant to? What am I meant to care about? Which storylines am I meant to care about now? Because apparently you just drop them when you decide or you forget them and it makes me I'm dead set serious mm. my biggest fear because one of the things I love about the way this season ends is the huge blow up between Tony and yes, Calm and them potentially separating and Tony moves you know is trying to live out in the garage and before that he's living at the Whitecaps he's house or whatever yep. such a fucking piece and of shit. all that mm. by the end of the season he's still living in the garage are we going to come back next season he's just living in the house again like I know that seems far fetched it because though, because I've been hurt too, bro. We've all been hurt. The show has the potential yeah. to just go, oh, whatever. Three, six months later, he's living in the house again. They've moved on. They're back yeah. to where they were in the middle of the season last season. Instead of actually following through on that, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's unfair to be worried that that might happen because mm-hmm. it, it just seems to not always follow through with those things. Yeah, I think he will. Well, that's the complication that comes with Carmella not following through with the challenge that she was set mm. in season three. Right. Is that if Tony feels like he is owed something or possesses you in any way, then you're fucked. Yeah. Like you, you just can't get away. Like you are absolutely fucked. But in order f- if she had built up that independent life um, and not being reliant, not living in, in the house that he feels he owns, um, not taking his money, all that stuff then perhaps there might have been an element of freedom that she could have gotten. But it's just not possible and he will take her back because he just will. I feel like that's, that's I hope it, arc. I hope it doesn't happen easily or without, you know, the scenes that I would like to see. But I think ultimately that is what will happen. What, what, what does that look like to you? What are you hoping to see going forward for Tony and Carmella? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they are trapped kind of circling each other forever. Mm -hmm. I would think – so I think that will be the tragedy of them, that they just cannot get away from each other and are in this awful thing. But I think in terms of – I had moments, particularly when Tony was getting very aggressive with Carmella in the house, I was like, I think, you know, they ultimately just kind of lose – their kids perhaps like the family is destroyed because they aren't willing to take a step away from each other. Right. Mm. You don't think there's a, you don't think the show might be trying to just like, this is the end of act two is like they fall apart and they're going to find a way to come back. Like if Tony has an arc, right? If he's mm. growing as a person and he is arguably, he's not, I don't think he is. No. Is that he would finally realize that when calm says things like you are quite love with money. Or they mm. say that to each other and they're yeah. both seeing that's very that was one of my favorite lines actually the entire season. It's like mm. you are quite love with money. No, you are quite love with money. And the idea that yes. he sees her I think I was just like snap, being control of money, being something, but yeah. but from her perspective, he only shows love through spending on his family. Yeah. He everything else he's neglecting as a father. If he can somehow come to some sort of realization or growth there, he might be able to do I don't think Tony will grow mm. at all. No. Where, yeah, okay. I think he will, through therapy, will has a greater understanding of how miserable his life is. I think he will just have 
a greater awareness of how miserable his life is and his family is. But I don't think he has the capacity to change his behaviour. Um, while we're on the subject of calm, mm. Camilla, uh, one of my favourite scenes with her actually was when they went to dinner at Meadow's apartment in mm-hmm. New York. Oh, my God. And yeah. they're having the discussion about this book. I can't even remember what the book was, mm. but they're talking about how it was essentially a, a book about- uh, it was Gays. a gay book. Yeah, gays. <laughs> and she is so belligerent or convinced, like that the idea that this could be a gay book, mm-hmm. quote unquote, was one of the more revealing scenes for Calm for me. Because we've always known she's very religious and she's mm-hmm. quite conservative in that regard. That's not been a secret. But to see it when she is already in a vulnerable or unhappy place, just to see this, like the this ugly side of her come out was, I thought, a very, very good character moment. You know, I... Because I generally sympathise with her and it was -hmm. was interesting just to go, yeah, you've got your own shit going on too. You often see like, oh, this this poor woman like trapped with this, you know, man, Mm. all that stuff. But you can see that Carmela has that superiority complex as well. Um, And she particularly acts it out when she isn't feeling good about herself. I also liked a moment um, that informed, you know, Tony and Carmela's relationship a little bit with like when he's, you know, him and his new Guma, uh, you know, playing pranks on each other. And then he tries to take that home and Mm -hmm. Carmela's just like, fuck off. (laughs) He's just like, I don't like that. Like, well, you know, he, he's missing that sense of fun and freedom and, you know, he comes home and Carmela is very serious mm-hmm. and, you know, God-fearing and concerns about the kids and, like, isn't ever really able to let go, mm. um, which I'm sure is years of having to look after fucking Tony Soprano. <laughs> like, it's not entirely her fault, but he is missing that as well. And I think, yeah, she doesn't want that from him and he so desperately wants to do that. The other criticism I brought up, I think it's the last one I brought up in my spoiler-free review, mm. was that when a scene is building to something, a dramatic moment, or seems to be in a very interesting place and then just sort of cuts away. Mm-hmm. And the example that came to mind comes to mind, there was a scene between Tony and Melfi, of which there weren't a whole lot this season, but most of them I really, really liked. I actually mm-hmm. thought they were all quite potent this, this season. And I think it was the one where he got really violent with her, like got mm, up in her face. Scary, yeah. It was very scary and very intimidating. And A, that's that's interesting for a number of reasons, particularly when you think about Melfi's relationship with Tony and like that, that being in that orbit of power that she enjoys that we found out last season and so, so forth. But then right as that scene ended, he didn't walk out. He sat down and a conversation felt like it was sort of starting mm-hmm. and then it just cut away to something else. I was like, what? why did we stop the scene mm-hmm. now? Mm. It's like, it really felt like something else was about to happen or be said, or there was more going on here. Mm. And it frustrated me that right when I was like, this is a moment happening, it kind of decided just to leave behind. What did you want out of that scene? Just what I wanted to know what Melfi's reaction, what does she say to him next? From a professional, from from the situation where I like Melfi's character, I like this complex relationship she has with this mm. very dangerous patient she has. This moment has happened. Mm. I, I, how does she control that moment after that? What does What's Tony's reaction after that? Does he just go quiet, which he might have done? Mm-hmm. But then like- Maybe you signal to me that, okay, this is over today. There's not going to get anything more out of this and move on. Not just 
it really felt like something else is about to happen. That's just mm. instantly gone. Yeah, and I sh- agree. Like that is the moment when you can really kind of milk that dramatic tension. Milk it. it. It does. They do have a conversation later on in later on. Yeah. yeah, but no, I agree. Why that would that is frustrating. I liked, I liked him putting the tissue box back yes. on the table as though like, oh, that didn't happen, or almost like. A little kind of let's forget about that. Yeah. Um, and that is a later conversation. Yeah. Like, I don't mind that that happens a couple of episodes, a couple of sessions later when when she goes like, this thing happened mm-hmm. and he goes, I apologized. Like I picked it up, yeah. you know, and like that's his justification or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, that didn't necessarily have to be the conversation that happened right then and there. Yeah. It's, these are two great performers and very interesting characters when they're given a chance to really dig in and like that just seemed like the perfect moment to do it. It was frustrating to me that yeah. it didn't happen. You wanted to yeah. Just, just melty sit, simmer in that for a deal bit. Deal with those boundaries that have been crossed. Yeah, you yeah. just turned up the heat and then you like took it out of the oven before it was ready. Yeah. It was like, no, just let it let, <laughs> let's do its thing. And that's one of the reasons I love the last episode so much, mm-hmm. White Caps. Because they really let Tony and Carmella have their fucking discussions and their moments and they don't cut away too early. They let them mm. talk for a bit and then start yelling and then calm down again. And like you feel all that emotion finally coming out and they're exploring it. And I was like, oh, I felt rewarded for the first time in such a long time in this mm-hmm. show. What do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about um, Tony being a fucking murderer, a full on. This is not the first time he's done this. No, it's not. He did do it for a horse, though. Uh. So, now that is fucking interesting. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure how I felt about this. Mm. um, Because we had a big discussion last season about the way that Ralphie murders this woman. And it just felt completely glossed over by the show as being, like, the problem of these dangerous men. Not the fact that this woman had been killed. Like, she just was treated like a prop. She's in for one episode. She's killed and they've forgotten about it. Tony feel sad for a while, yeah, yeah. To make Tony feel sad for a while and in some ways make Tony seem like slightly better than Ralphie and some of these other, yeah. you know, toxic men around him. Mm. Um, so, this season's a very interesting one where a couple of things happen revolving women. One, we find out that Gloria from last season has committed suicide, mm-hmm. which... If you're paying attention last season, does isn't necessarily surprising. No. She was the way that ended with Tony sending his goons to tell her, "Stay the fuck away, or we'll kill you." Mm-hmm. Did not seem like a real solution to that problem. No. Um, and then him having to come to terms and have some guilt around what happened in that situation there, mm-hmm. followed up by Pyomai. Mm-hmm. Terrible name. I hate that name. Yep. But, you know, seeing a sweeter, more sensitive side of Tony, he really builds a connection with this horse. He genuinely love He does love animals. Mm. It's this weird contradiction in Tony where he really, really has a huge soft spot for these innocent creatures, but people mm. he does not respect in the same way whatsoever, no. men, women, or otherwise. Um, and then to see the, the reaction and him murdering and killing Ralphie... Afterward, after suspecting, I don't think he's ever really confirmed that Ralph actually did kill Pyomai, though it seems very likely. Yeah, I, that's what I really loved about that scene. Yes. And the guy who plays Ralphie, who I think is fucking incredible. Yeah. He's, oh my God, like a powerhouse. Um, yeah, the scene of like, I was just flip flopping, being like, oh, well, he did it. Well, maybe he didn't yeah. do it, which I think is really important in that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, well, how'd you, how'd you, what was your gut reaction, first of all, to him, <laughs> to him murdering him over a horse, but not having that same reaction to Ralphie killing a woman only a season earlier? Yeah, so I think Tony obviously feels some type of way about Ralphie. Yes. He has a great affection for Pyomai. Um And I think Tony's thing of like wanting to be a good guy. So he's obviously very angry at Ralphie, takes out his frustration about <laughs> that's one way to sure. call murder. Just, I was just taking out my frustration. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was just having a bad day. That's right. Oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he kills Ralphie for Pyomite and then I think uses Tracy as a further justification. Tracy, as a further justification for why <clears throat> it was okay for him to kill Ralphie. Because he's all about codes yep. when people are watching. If people aren't watching, then he will just straight up fucking kill Ralphie or whoever else has taken or hurt something that he feels belongs to him. Mm-hmm. I think while Tracy was an employee and a very nice person to Tony, I don't think he necessarily felt total ownership of her, whereas Pyromite was, even though he didn't own him, was his. It was Tony's horse and so he... But I think that just shows Tony's priorities, really. Yeah, this is where I... And what's actually one of the things I like about the show and this moment is it doesn't quite make up for the things that I had a problem with last season, Mm. but it does feel like the show is trying to at least say something now at that moment, Mm -hmm. which is partly it feels like, yes, um, this isn't just he killed Pyamai. I think when he says, you killed her, you fucking killed her, as he's Mm. beating the shit out of Ralphie, that he is also talking about Tracy. Mm -hmm. And then... I do feel a little bit annoyed that the only real acknowledgement of that is a very blurry Polaroid in a fucking mirror <laughs> of this character yeah. that was in one episode. It's like, mm. maybe slightly more explicit would have been helpful here. Mm. But but it did, it leaves at least saying something about Tony. And it's not necessarily a very nice thing, although maybe I, it is. I'm not sure. I, what, I think it, maybe Tony take it, it too. thinks it is. Yeah, yeah. That he... Did the right thing. Sure. That he did it for Tracy, blah, blah. Like, even he's like, oh, you know, subconsciously, whatever. I don't think that's true. I think he felt some type of way about Ralphie. He doesn't like the way Ralphie plays with his toys. And so he will fucking murder Ralphie. I kind of disagree with you a little bit on Mm. that because I think, I actually don't think Tony would have a hard time justifying to himself killing Ralphie over killing Pyomai. I don't think he needs to convince himself that it's before no, Tracy. No, I don't, I don't think it's that kind of at the foreground. I think it is an added thing for him to be like, well, he fucking deserved sure. it. So he doesn't then have to repent for it. Okay. So, see, that's a really damning on Tony if that's what he's doing. If he's like just adding that to the list rather than it being any sort of real motivating force in the moment, which I thought the way he said uh, you fucking yeah. killed her did suggest on some level, even in the moment he was thinking of the Tracy incident. Mm. Because it, it, to the to the show's I credit- I think he was, yeah. Okay. I think it's like, it's nuanced, right? So I think it's like a lot of those things going on at the same time. Sure, yeah. yeah. Because the show's credit, after the, Ralphie in, the, the Tracy incident in season three, it felt like they never talked about it again. Mm. But in the build-up to this episode- where Ralphie is killed by Tony, they had mentioned a couple of times he did kill that woman. Mm. Ralphie did kill that woman. And yeah. Paulie, who's one of the slimiest characters in this entire show, keep 
Like he remembers that. Yeah. He makes sure everyone remembers that too. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, I do think, I wonder if I would eventually go back and see if the show did receive criticism for this at the time as well, the same way mm. that we criticised it, and whether it was trying to correct some of that, maybe, because um, it did feel like it was a, it was definitely trying to touch back on that problem mm. they had with that, just the way that episode was handled. I think last yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I thought it was just the way that episode plays out. I yeah. Really enjoyed. Well, it was it was also one of those things that doesn't happen that often, but when it does, I always enjoy, which is yes. like, okay, this thing happened. Now we've got to deal with the deal situation. With yeah. And so he calls Christopher and Christopher's, you know, high Isaac as yep. he has been for the last two seasons now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he's got to make that work. He's got to figure out how to get a, uh, deal with this problem, mm-hmm. which is why we liked the Baron so much in last season. And yeah. like that's... It's always fun when you're like, okay, what, what, well, what do we do now? It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, talking about how they're going to have this meeting and that, you know, solves a problem yeah. because they change the percentage or whatever. It's like, fucking okay. <laughs> Can I just say, it was one of my first notes. Is like, whenever they talk about the business stuff, yeah, I just have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> and I just don't care enough to like pay attention. I was like, ugh, who cares about the fucking boardwalk? I do not give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Oh, I just a little bit more about Ralphie. I just want to say it's an obvious manipulation by the writers, but I didn't hate it so much. I think probably because the performance was so good. But the accident with Ralphie's son at the beginning, I was yeah. I was like, obviously they got they're making me sympathize with this guy, but I really fucking did. Mm. Like he was destroyed. And I, I was writing down my notes. I was like, how the fuck am I tearing up about Ralphie? A huge fucking monster. But that that performer is, that actor is just so good. He made me feel really bad for him, which I never, ever thought would happen. Yeah, I, I just kind of blew me away that that was happening. I was like, what the fuck is this show doing? And then they killed him. I was like, that, there we go. It's funny because I... I didn't because mm. he's then talking to Ro, whose whose son he killed or yeah. had killed one pr- season earlier, and he's like, "I never understood. I never understood how bad it would be." He's like, "You fucking did that, you piece of shit." Mm. It just honestly made me double down on why how how much I hate that. Like, like I love the character yeah. because he was an excellent um, foil to Tony in the mm. show. He was great part mm-hmm. of it, and it's sad to see him go. But it was I also am like sad that he won't be there anymore. Yeah. yeah um, but at the same time, it's like. The, what happened, the way it happened mm-hmm. definitely felt organic and true to what, mm-hmm. you know, the show was trying to do with Tony. Oh, yeah. He's never not a piece of shit. <laughs> and I never like him. But I was like, I'm really sad that your son looks like he's going to die. He doesn't. I, but- I, I always struggle when, like, a character develops empathy for other people once the shit they've inflicted on other people happens to them. Yeah. So, I always just feel like, fuck you, buddy. It's like, <laughs> that's what, that's, Yeah. yeah. Never, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's a great performance. And mm. um, Joe, I'll figure out his name later. Cypher from The Matrix. He's an excellent actor. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he was in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How do you feel about Chris and Adriana this season? Oh, poor Chrissy. I have such an affection for Chris. They've done a lot to make me to enjoy and care about his character. I think it's been... What what is um helpful in a show is to have that like person who's on the 
lower rung and build mm. their way up. Not quite a fish out of water scenario, but you know, he's started as a junior, he's worked yeah. his way up the he's very ranks. Very much a kid and then like yeah, he's absolutely. given more responsibility and a lot of the time has stepped up to the plate, although Except when he doesn't. Except when he doesn't <laughs> and he's got a drug problem which gets in the way. Um I quite liked that, the kind of just watching him get worse and worse. And at the mm. beginning, we hear Adriana saying, you know, oh, you're doing it kind of every day now. I don't really want to do it today. That kind of thing um, obviously escalates to where he hits Adriana, which mm. was like very shocking for me. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Um, but I, when that happened, I was like, please go to the Sopranos house. <laughs> and she does. I was like, oh, that's good. Um, and they're, they're supportive of her, which I was like, yeah. this is quite... Nice. This yeah, feels yes, like a family. Yes this and moment. no. There was that mm. complex moment where Tony's like, he's trying to, because he doesn't want him to go to rehab. He's worried yes. about what that means yeah. from a, you know, keeping the yeah, family he's like, together. You know, we no. can't go. Yeah. 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 Um, so he has to try and reason it and make it mm-hmm. work. And maybe it's not as bad as it seems, but ultimately, yeah. It is. And I, I loved the, um, the intervention. intervention. That was the, when that I'm talking about so like good. when the show can sometimes have. So, again, the Barons was that great example of it last season. Mm. That intervention scene to me is like inspired. Mm-hmm. The idea of these toxic, <laughs> macho mobsters trying to have something that needs so little judgment and empathy as an intervention mm-hmm. is so interesting yeah. and fun. Like, I loved that scene. I love when Christopher. Calls his mum a whore and they yeah. all just lose and yeah. beat the shit out of him. Yeah. yeah, I love Tony's reaction when he finds out that Christopher killed the dog. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Paulie's just an so asshole. That is so dark though. That fuck man. Oh, that that was, star that episode. I was like, that was the moment in this season where I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm yeah. like, if we're fucking killing dogs now, I just like, uh, it's so sad. And I have a very small dog. I, and I was like, if I- what I kept thinking about too. It's like, it's I so sat, similar to Pearl. Yeah, so tiny. If I sat, I was, it's just horrific. I don't even it want is. to keep it's talking. Awful. It's awful. It's so dark. And poor Adriana comes home and she loves that dog so much. Yeah. I was heartbroken for her. I just- Oh God! Yeah, but I yeah I thought that whole intervention. Yeah, I was laughing, but I also loved everyone for being there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and the ending was perfect. Him <laughs> getting his ass kicked for calling his mum a whore. Yeah, no, I thought that was probably one of my favorite scenes of the season. I think. Um, sometimes I wish we had more Chris because this time we spend with him is often when I'm I I, I like mm. the whole thing with Tony organized. He a the idea that Tony wants to sort of make Chris his de facto yeah. or his surrogate or whatever you want to call it, like use him as his puppet yes. boss, right? Put all, all his orders through him in a very selfish way. He's always, you know, obviously trying to couch, this is you stepping up, Chris, whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just him trying to protect himself so he doesn't go to jail. He's not culpable, mm-hmm. which is very interesting as well. Um, but, you know, that connection because they are blood related um, and what that means in terms of what Chris can get away with a little bit, mm-hmm. not intentionally, but has, you know, if someone else had this drug problem, Tony probably would have just, you know, got rid yeah. of him. Um, but then Tony, in trying to get his loyalty, dishes up his dad, the cop that killed Chris's dad, mm. was fascinating. Yeah. And Chris in that scene was, that was such a great mm-hmm. scene, I thought. Um, also makes me go, did that guy kill Chris's dad? Yep. And that's one of the, re- <laughs> that's one of the times when the ADR really annoyed me. Because oh, really? the ADR made it apparent that it was him that did it. Because he starts saying, right as Chris is killing him, he starts saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But it definitely wasn't shot on the day. 
It was an ADR line where they decide they didn't want it to be ambiguous oh, anymore. I didn't take the I'm sorry as he was actually sorry about killing his dad. It was like, I don't want to die. I'll say whatever you want. No, I, I think that was... That was pretty explicit. And there's also, there's no evidence in the show. Um, listen, if it turns around that I'm wrong and this was Tony, you know, organised this hit for mm. some other reason, mm. then great. I'd love to be, have that turned on me. Mm-hmm. But it seemed pretty apparent because we've, there's no indication this guy had any other involvement. Right? There was another reason that Tony wanted to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's been any clues or any suggestion there was another one. It really was an offering to Chris, I think. Yeah. I mean, I just assumed if... Well, that's thing. It's up in the air still in my mind whether that guy is legitimately sure. the reason. Um, I simply just assumed if it wasn't, it was obviously a crooked cop that they now retired, happy to get rid of. Um, it was an offering, so to bring Chris closer. Well, that too, it could be manipulation. Sure, yeah. absolutely, and that's quite possible as yeah. well. It's just, oh yeah, it could be that. Um, but I don't know. There was it seemed legit to me. But the It wouldn't surprise me if Tony did that, but I don't know. Yeah. If that's true, I would actually love that if that was the case. Mm. But as is, I think I'm willing I the way the show sold it to me was that it he mm-hmm. legitimately was. Yep. And that fine. That then afterwards when he goes to visit his mum, I'm trying to think if we've seen Chris's mum before this season. I don't know if we had. But I love him. I loved him being in that kitchen, her coming out. Mm. They've got a, a weirdly like uh and slightly antagonistic relationship, the way they talk to each other. But yeah. it also felt very like there was a lot of love there love, still. Yeah. Um, I really liked that yeah. a lot. I they, they do some great stuff with Chris's character in a way that just, he feels a lot more real to me than, say, a Paulie does sometimes, who mm-hmm. just continues to slide down the, <laughs> the, the slimy... Oh, Paulie, Paulie, Paulie. When he murders that old lady robbing her house, That's... I was like, fuck, you've really yeah. hit the bottom of the barrel here, buddy. Yeah, it made me go, oh, I guess Paulie is just a street thug. No yeah. wonder he hasn't like... But then he is like one of the captains though. So it makes me go, why? Paulie makes terrible decisions. Is he only now making terrible decisions later on in his career? Or has he always been that guy I, who's I do always- wonder whether that's part of it. Mm. And it's like... Well, part of part of his motivation, why he keeps talking to um, Johnny Sachs, mm. is because he feels like... I, I, and I think this is true in the Barons last season. He feels like he's sort of being um, passed over, passed over yeah. for Christopher and stuff like this, yeah, which is true. Yeah, I love the scene where he found out that Carmine had never fucking heard of him. Oh my god! Yeah, that was good because I, I didn't see that coming either. I was like, I. oh shit, this guy's been playing you the whole fucking time. That realization, yeah. and then the way he went from just like constantly bitching about Tony to just like <laughs> sucking up immediately. Tony's my best mate. <laughs> I'm always on Tony's side. <laughs> Yeah, I was just getting information from that stupid Johnny Sachs guy. The yeah. only the only character who's more of a slime bag than Paulie, actually not more of, but about the same, is um, Archie, the chef. Oh, what a loser. He's such He's a loser. Such a lo- <laughs> when he gets his ass kicked, that yeah. was very yeah. enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Trying yeah, to be yeah. a tough guy. And that French guy just, yeah, beats the shit out of him. I generally, actually, this season just felt like I was enjoying those little side episodes more, too. Mm-hmm. Like... Whether it was Chris related, Paulie doesn't. I I find him a little bit whatever sometimes, but I thought the cute like his poor mum, who's the (laughs) cutest old lady in the world. I was like, she's adorable. Um, being like bullied by those other women, like I was enjoying it up until that point. When he starts murdering old women, I'm like, too far, Paulie, too far. (laughs) But I I thought that was cute. Like that was he loves his mum, and I loved it too. I was like, yeah, I. I'd kill for her. How do you feel about Sylv? 
Because we complained last season that they mm. didn't give enough to Sylve. And I still think that, don't think they gave him a lot. But what I feel they're building is there is a very... He's like it's dependable. Well, he, that's but what I'm also thinking. He's the steady. It, but also mm. plays his own side a little bit. He's just much better at it than than, Paulie, than the say idiot. Paulie is. Yeah, like yeah. he knows when to play things to his advantage a lot better. And it's what I like about that is it's very. I think it's very easy to underestimate Sylv, mm-hmm. and he might be one of the more dangerous people in terms of being a bit of a manipulator and a schemer and mm. like. He, like, it seems plays to me that, like, there. Tony does seem to really respect him. Because uh, I think they they really are respect. very much of the same mind of, like, old school, this is yeah. how we do it, like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he is the steady for Tony to rely on. Because, obviously, when they're first introduced, Paulie and Silvio are, like, you know, not pr- dumb and dumber, pretty much. Like, they're, they're, they're a pairing, um, and I like that as things, d- they diverge mm. and Paulie is not handling the fact that someone like Christopher can come in. Whereas like, yeah, Silvio is smarter than that. He's like, well, I'm just going to play the long game. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. I-, I think it's a good development. And I I still enjoy every scene he's he's yeah. in. He's a good sounding board for a lot of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Uh, how did you feel about the ongoing tension between... The Sopranos and I think it's the Carmines, whatever the New York mm. family is. Particularly, there's a lot of conversations between Tony and Johnny Sachs. We theorized in the last season, you know, Paulie was going to maybe make a move towards the New mm-hmm. York family instead of um, the Sopranos. He sort of was. Yeah, but he was certainly angling you know, in that spouting direction. out about, you know, things might change, all that and stuff. And then just so dumb. Just don't say that, Paulie, you fucking idiot. Anyway. But then Paulie starts a huge problem by letting Johnny Sachs know that Ralphie had made a joke about his wife, mm-hmm. which basically started like a four-episode drama. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed that. I also love that too. Johnny Sachs just really loves his wife, yes. doesn't care that she's bigger at all. Like, that's mm-hmm. a non-issue for him. I, I loved that resolution where he's just like, oh, me and my wife are fine and we love each other and I don't actually need to concern myself too much about that stupid comment. Well, the resolution was though, ah, that's interesting though, because mm. the resolution was, the problem was that comment was made and he's like, she's been having a weight problem her entire mm-hmm. life. How fucking dare you? Mm. And the resolution comes when he finds out that she has been secretly snacking behind his back and that has sort of been self-sabotaging. Well, and then, and they, yeah, they, and they have a lovely scene where he says to her, you know, you mm. don't, you know, I don't care. Mm. The dieting was all you or whatever. Yeah. But then it's after that conversation that he- Sort of goes, I don't care about the insult anymore. I'm like, so what changed for you in that scenario? Was it that, you know, well, I I got a weird sense that Johnny Sachs sort of felt like, yeah, she was being, she's been lying to me. She's been, she hasn't been struggling as much as she's been saying. Like she, he, like almost like the insult was, was valid all of a sudden or something like that. When that scene began, I had that concern. But the more they actually had a conversation, I wasn't concerned anymore okay. about that, yeah. But I understand what you're saying because when that was happening, I was like, is that the takeaway? But I yeah, ultimately that's didn't, what it kind of felt like to me. I didn't get that takeaway. But, I, but I, I, he obviously does love his wife. Yeah. And um, I did like that about it. But it's been interesting because then Carmine was the one that tells Tony to get rid of Johnny Sachs because he's causing too many issues between the families. Mm. It's like, ho-ho, that's full on. And then they're going to take out Ralph at the same time. Ho-ho, that's mm. full on. And then neither of those things happen. I was like, oh. 
I don't I even remember that. I kind of want. Remember there was the they had the because Carmine they have that conversation on the phone and I think Tony's in the oh, car. Oh yes, sorry, yes I do. Remember. And he's like, mm-hmm. we need to get rid of Johnny, and he's like, holy shit, we're going to take right. out Johnny Sachs. Totally forget about that whole sequence. And yeah. at the same time, Johnny Sachs had organized for the uh, guy to take out Ralphie, who was in Miami. Yeah, and in then the they elevator, were like right in the elevator, yeah. just didn't realize how closely they they mm. missed each other there. Uh, I was kind of like, uh, okay, that's a shame. I mm. felt like maybe something big was going to happen. It didn't. And then the season, the very end, it goes the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Johnny Sachs is like, we're going to take out Carmine. And Tony's like, holy shit. Yeah. Starts that whole process. And then that didn't happen either. Well. <laughs> I was like, can someone just fucking, can they, can they whack someone finally? Well, they Tony's, just don't do it in this show. Tony's like. It was actually very smart. You can do that. I actually love that. I am, because that would be so fucking dumb for Tony to do that. So it makes sense for him to be like, Johnny Sachs, you are absolutely fucking losing it. But if you want to do that, then sure, go for it. Yeah, I'm interested to know where that leaves those two at the end of Mm. this season, actually. What the future looks like for those two families operating together and because yeah. what happens if Car- if maybe Johnny Sachs does get rid of Carmine or can't or Carmine just naturally by age finally mm-hmm. cucks it and Johnny Sachs is ahead of the family all of a sudden like now Tony has to deal with him not Carmine mm. that's going to be interesting yeah but someone like Johnny Sachs is such a he's a bit of a loose unit really that's what like, I mean so that means that I feel like it would be easier to destabilize that family if you've got Johnny Sachs in charge unlike Carmine Interesting. So you feel like Tony have an easier job manipulating him, not that Carmine's just like, going to create you know, if huge problems. A slightly smarter Paulie was running the family. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's like well, that sounds all like I've a do recipe is for disaster. Insult your wife, and then you're going to make some really bad decisions that allows me to tell people that you need to be gotten rid of. Where do you think they're going? We talked about a little bit Junior. Already. Do you think they're going somewhere with Junior with his mental deterioration? I think so. Yeah, I would assume that. That will what started out as like a ruse mm. will be legitimate. What does that mean for the family? I'm not sure because he doesn't really have any power. Will that? But then we also have access to a lot of the family history that Junior probably wouldn't talk about if he wasn't so, losing oh, his okay. mental faculties, perhaps. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that will play into future seasons. In what capacity? I'm not entirely sure. What are you thinking about it? I, I I wonder whether they'll continue with it. It's like they had a couple of those little scenes and then it, even by the end of the season, I was like, I feel like we've almost forgotten about this already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because um, some, to some degree, I'd be interested, now that he's no longer in this trial is done, mm. like I'd be interested in him trying to get back involved in the family. He is theoretically actually the head of that family. Tony has just been playing mm. that role because Junior's been out of action. So, if he tries to walk back into that position that he is rightfully his, what's it going to look like now? He doesn't have access to anyone, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's that. I guess so. He's he not have any really resources to pull on. Yeah, yeah. He's just got Bobby, really, mm. um, and some of the older guys who you know are driving him to the court cases and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but you know, he would make. I'm sure he would make that claim with Tony and feel like it's owed to him. What would that look like? Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope that happens. What about Meadow and AJ? Meadow was a big part of last season. Mm. And then she's feels like she has about four scenes. This I like season. that Meadow's moved on. It's probably she's like, I'm, my, I'm thriving over here. <laughs> I, I'm happy for you guys to come over, have a dinner, and then fuck off. I thought it was good. I'm like, yeah, good for you, Meadow. Like, she's moving. She sees why her parents are shit mm-hmm. and why she doesn't need to concern herself 
with those things anymore. I, I liked it. As for AJ, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I, I wish I did because I think there's a lot to mine there, but I don't. Actually I actually care. think he's a good little actor as well. Mm. There is something, particularly at the end of the season when the divorce is happening. I'm enjoying both of those performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of like what's happening with Carm and Tony is tied into the family unit, the four of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm kind of missing they're not doing more with that. What do they do with AJ this season? They had that little bit. He's got that girlfriend. He goes to her place and finds out she's got a way more impressive ridiculous mansion than he had sort of had a bit of a reality check on how important his dad really is this idea that he's like some big mobsters (laughs) son or whatever yeah uh and that was about it Mm. i did do the panic attacks thing like i said no wasn't really getting in trouble he was doing a lot of reading (laughs) it was an added frustration which i think is probably important um as a pawn to be played in calm and tony separating yep which I think is good. I would love him to see Tony a little clearer, though I don't think that's going to happen mm. if it does for quite a while. Um, yeah, just an added heartbreak for Carmela to deal with that her son uh, doesn't see that his dad's a fucking prick. That is something um, that could be mine narratively, is AJ's about getting to the age where he might start getting involved in some of this stuff. Mm. I think Tony's already expressed he doesn't really want that for his yeah. family. I don't think Tony would let that happen. Yeah. But Tony also, that's, that's the position he was in, right? He's taken mm. over his dad's business, essentially. Um, what does it look like if AJ starts wanting to get involved with that? He's already asked to go live out, out with him in the garage, whatever it is, in the outhouse thing. Mm. Um, what does that, what would that look like? I'd be, I'd, I'd be interested to see what that looks like if... Yeah, I would AJ too. I just to don't think there's any way Tony would let that happen. Wait, well, you know, it, it doesn't let him happen. They tell the story. Was it Ralphie last season was talking about the story about Tony and a few of the other guys just sort of mm. started like making themselves known by holding up that poker game or whatever. It mm-hmm. went very bad for Jackie Jr. last yes. season when he tried to do the same thing. Yes, it did. Um, but apparently you just have to assert yourself basically and, you know, you mm. don't have to ask for permission. You just mm. take what's given, you know, take what you think is owed to you. Uh, I did want to ask quickly before we move on, Adriana, do you think the FBI stuff paid off this season? Because it ended last season with mm. the idea that she was becoming close with... Not yet, but I think it will. You think it will? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a build-up of, yeah, her slowly just kind of losing it and then probably being in a very vulnerable position. I'm, I worry for Adriana's safety. Yes, very worried about that. But yeah, I... The poor thing. I did like, I liked seeing her in the club. Yes. Uh, I also love it when Ralphie came in and she absolutely told him to go fuck himself, which I was like, love that. Um, the heartbreak she felt when she realized her, her fabulous new friend was not a friend at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was enjoying every scene with Adriana. I'm glad they gave her more to do. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Any side notes? I don't actually. No. And I took so many notes so I could remember what happened in the season, but no, I don't. Nothing really stood out for you? No. Uh, there was early Will Arnett cameos, which oh, were a little yeah. bit exciting. A little young Will Arnett in there. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lines from Tony, I think it was actually Carmela starts this. It's a little late in the season for ducks, isn't it? Well, not necessarily. The ducks are up from up in Canada. This is south for them, or something along those lines. <laughs> Uh, I quite enjoyed that line. 
I something that someone was talking about Nostradamus at some stage. I can't remember if it was Paulie or someone like that about how like the nine eleven attacks. It was Notre Dame, like, and yeah, yeah, Notre Dame. That's right. I was yeah. like, uh, was, was like that Bobby. Pre- I think it was Bobby. Might have been Bobby. It was yeah. Bobby, right? But like the idea, this is all predicted and stuff like that, and it sort of had a flashback because mm-hmm. I remember those discussions. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this was predicted by Nostradamus, and like yeah, we had a special speaker come to church. Oh, really? Yeah, about all that stuff. Yeah, what yeah. What do you mean? Like talking about... Well, not Nostradamus, but like the prediction in the Bible about 9-11. And then it was just like an hour-long lecture about um, microchips, the sign of the devil, or the Antichrist, all that stuff. It was a really fun time. I love how the sign of the devil has somehow become microchips. Like that's just... Yeah. That is now... It's not anything else. Yeah. not some other marker. It's just literally yeah. microchips now. Yeah. I, I like, you know, mum was always like, I'll never get... A microchip. Well, I mean, we have phones anyway. Like, it <laughs> serves the same purpose. And also, she's got cochlear implants, so I don't know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> she's already bionic. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I love that Ralphie's ringtone is the Rocky theme. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Makes so much sense. Yeah. How much did you want Furio to push Tony into that propeller? Oh, my God. I mean, it'd be a weird end to the show, but yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that's how it ended right Goes there. Goes to black. That yep. was the ending everyone talks about. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> and he's gone. And Furio just takes over the family. Yeah. I'd love that. I think that'd be really nice for everyone involved. I, I'm a big Furio fan. Me too. I'm really sad to see him gone. And they just disappeared, no. packed up and left. I mean, smart choice for him, but yeah, very, very sad. smart choice very on his sad. part. Man, imagine if that happened though. Mm. Uh, Svetlana. <coughs> The I love her, yeah. I love her so much. I said last season that she was my favorite character. She had like a couple of scenes mm-hmm. where she was giving it to Janice. I was like, this is the she's the best. Yeah. And we get a couple of great scenes with her, particularly between her and Tony. Yeah, not give a fuck. And be- and she's just so in control of herself. That's why she's the only woman that Tony seems to be out of respect. It's talked about in the show, right? Yeah. That she he says it, it's like she has lived a fucking shit life. Mm-hmm. And what's the line she says? You know, only Americans expect things to turn out well. Yeah. Yeah, for the rest of us all expect it to be shit. Yeah. And she's lived through shit. She's made her way to where she is. And like mm. she's making the most of it, I guess, yeah. as best she can. Which is like such bullshit of Tony, because he wants his like his wife and his mistresses to live in these like beautiful little cages and then complains that they haven't left. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, what the fuck do you want? Anyway, yeah. Tony's a piece of shit. But like when he goes over and then sees her that second, like after they've slept together mm. and he was right though also. When she's sitting on the couch in the darkness with the smoke, I was like, well, I can see why this is working mm-hmm. for you. But the um, when he goes over and talks to that time, it he, he genuinely felt like he was talking v- with vulnerability to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way that he doesn't even necessarily do with Melfi. I was like... It feels like he can be understood. Like yeah. They've both seen some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would love them to somehow find a way to include her more going mm, forward. Because when I said she was my favourite character, I never expected her to really come back in any significant way. Yeah. And to find something like this, I was mm-hmm. like, thank you, show. Yay, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. You've, you've seen me. Yeah. What was your least favourite episode? Uh, without a doubt, it was episode three. Okay. Christopher. It's the fucking oh, the Columbus. Columbus one. Oh, my God. I was like, here we go again. <laughs> it was fucking boring and bullshit, and I just was not enjoying myself at all. That's an interesting one for me because it was like it's one of the few episodes that feels like an episode. You know, it's mm-hmm. got a specific theme or focus, this idea of, like, Italian identity and... We, we've done that before. We have. Which annoyed me. I like that it seemed... 
there was a little bit more grey in the idea of being offended by Italian stereotypes by also living as an Italian stereotype mm-hmm. that I sort of enjoyed. But I agree, it maybe was a little bit superfluous since we've been doing this for four seasons now. Yeah, and just the conversations about, like, you know, Italian-Americans versus Native Americans. And I was just like, oh, guys, like I'm having fucking dinner with my grandpa. Um, yeah, no, I just wasn't wasn't interested. Thank you very much. I'm going to say my least favorite episode was episode 12, Eloise. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of one scene. Because actually, I think a lot of that episode's important and it leads into the final episode, which is a really good one. Mm-hmm. There's the scene. It's actually the, the title of the episode. When they go to whatever the hotel is where the Eloise restaurant thing is. Mm-hmm. And Meadow and Karma are sitting there. And I was like, this is a shit written scene. Mm. I feel like I cannot prove this and I haven't checked to be sure, <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like men wrote this scene and don't know how women actually talk to each other, let alone a mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like a genuine conversation or escalation at all. Calm walks in, is a piece of shit to Meadow straight away and they just start throwing barbs at each other. And I was like, there's a way to make this scene work really well and you did not do it in mm. this scene. I hated the way that scene was written. And it's not like they can't do something like that a little bit more subtly yeah. in terms of like yeah. we see Tony and Carmela have that great scene when obviously Tony knows that Carmela saw the money. Carmela knows that Love Tony that. has seen the, the nail and they are talking around each yep. other and acting totally normal and it's like just so full of tension and like, oh, God, who's going to say something first? But, you know, neither of them will. All yep. that like – they have the ability to do that. They do. Yes. And they, I think they think um, women plus emotion has to be extra. Uh, but it's immediate too. Yeah. It's like they've literally discussed like having this lovely thing they do as a tradition. Mm-hmm. They come in, they talk about the gloves. Like there is no part of me that thinks anyone's coming in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. But it, in a second, it turns into that. And it becomes essentially what I would describe as a verbal cat fight. And I'm like. That is not doing either of these characters justice. Mm-hmm. It upset me that that was yeah. that the show was capable of doing something that sort or if, of like, lame. If what they're trying to do is that you know the thing where as soon as you hang out with your parent, you turn into a child again. Mm. And Meadow is very kind of to yell and blah blah blatter sure. with her parents. But then like yeah, I feel like you have she to can, she has a superiority complex with yeah, them. Yeah, you she have really to like them. play yeah. on that a little bit more and like lean Let into it her build. Thing. Yeah. Mm. Don't just like zero to 11. <laughs> and like, then the scene goes for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was just, it felt like wasted potential for me. And like the actual the rest of the episode around it, it wasn't necessarily as bad, but that scene really just was on the nose to me. Yeah. Favorite yeah. episode? Um, I think I've got like a combo. I can't really choose. Sure. I really like mergers and acquisitions. So that's episode eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony fucks up again. So it's, Wanting to date Ralphie's ex, whose name mm-hmm. I can't remember at the moment. Vic- Starts with V. Victoria? Is it? Nope. No. Valerie? Nope. nope. Keep going. I'll figure it out. Veronica? Valen- Valentina or something okay, like that? Okay, yeah. I wouldn't have got there. Great. Um, so, I like that one. Um, I also love like the B story with Paulie and his mum. Valentina. Yep. Yep. So... I liked that moment. And then the next one is just the next episode, which is whoever did this, which is the one where Tony kills Ralphie. Sure. Um, so those two episodes together, I just felt like we were like the momentum was really there at that mm-hmm. point. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. And I, cause like I said earlier, I watched it in one day. This was hour eight. And I was like, 
I'm I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I could very easily give it to episode 13, White Caps. Yes. Which I th- was really enjoyed that. a really good season ender and mm-hmm. momentum into next season. I'm going to give it to episode 10, which is funnily enough the episode directly after the mm-hmm. two you were talking about, mm-hmm. The Strong Silent Type, which is- Intervention. The, a, the inter- again, <laughs> if I'm just revolving this around one scene, the intervention yeah, scene is so, so good. good. So good. But also the way that episode starts with the- dark moment with the dog which yeah. really shocked me and was just like oh this show can do some fucking <sighs> yeah. f- fucked up stuff sometimes um there was also a really good melfi scene with tony where he's talking like just really fed up with how shit the world is at mm-hmm. that time yeah um i thought it was very relatable even as the sort of mobster monster that he is and then he ends up sleeping with svetlana at the end of the episode as well mm. which as i said is my favorite character uh <laughs> Predictions, hopes, and concerns. I think, as you've spoken about a lot this episode, which is I completely agree with. I hope they keep going with the yes. seeds they've planted, the stories they've they've given us, just to continue to build on it. Because you know we got we're getting towards the end of the well, show. We've only two seasons to go. Yeah. Although so the it, last season is twenty one episodes, but I think is it? well, it was re- it, re- it released in two parts. So I think we'll do what we did with BoJack and what we do with. Um, Breaking Bad and and review them as they were released, as okay. in part one and part two of season six. All right, but we're getting works. there. So yeah. there's three more review episodes coming up. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I'm just hoping that now it's it's pay payoff time. Yeah. Continue to build, but pay off what's been laid down already. That is what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. My fear, obviously, is that that won't happen. Mm. Yeah, it's struggled with the payoff sometimes, and that's where I worry as well. I'm fascinated to see where they go with the Tony Johnny Sack stuff because they've there's just mm. I feel like we've hit an inflection point with those or a point now where it's not gonna take much for one, particularly Johnny Sacks, to be possibly quite volatile if anything goes wrong in the future, particularly mm-hmm. if Carmine does end up being taken out of the picture and Johnny Sacks has a yeah, that could go poorly. Mm-hmm. What I really, really want to see payoff with though is the Tony and Calm stuff. Yes. That to me is what was most um, fulfilling about this season. I couldn't believe it was happening this season. I was like, oh my God, me they're too. actually doing it. Yeah, it got me excited. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you could argue that it needed four full seasons to get to this point. Mm-hmm. I don't agree though. I think this could have happened last season because last season feels like a very big waste to me. I feel mm. like you could have really dumped a lot of what yeah. we did this season to last season that would have been fine. I think could have taken four seasons, but we've had so many detours and regressions and stuff. It hasn't felt and consistent towards, yeah. So I think it, they could, but they didn't infuse it with enough story to actually pull it off over four yeah. seasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I said this, but I, I really did appreciate once the Calm and Furio stuff didn't happen, Calm had been building up, she mm-hmm. could feel there was a connection there mm. and building up this like fantasy around him when it didn't happen. That was like the thing that tipped her over the edge. Yeah. Could have not worked, but really did for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, and maybe that was where Four Seasons worked out because we'd seen her do this with the priest and we'd mm-hmm. seen her sort of have these other moments with other men along the way. And it was like, because there was that contractor guy in like season two or something That's as well. Right. I forgot yeah. about that. Like there'd been all these other almosts along mm-hmm. the way. And this one maybe somehow seemed like the most like dangerous or romantic, whatever yeah. it was, and taken away from it. It was finally like, Fuck you, Tony. Yeah, yeah, it really worked for me. Yeah, no, I I loved it. Now pay off. Now follow through with that. Let's take us to the next level of this Mm -hmm. story. 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Hile of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordes, on Twitter at B Gordes, B G O R D E S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter at Maskimo, M A S K Y M O O. Next week, we'll be back with an episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, so if you have any topic suggestions, please send them our way. Yes, please. The week after that we'll be discussing Succession Season 1 and either the week after that or maybe the two weeks after that we'll be doing The Soprano Season 5 so we are continuing along relatively soon we'll get that in the future future. in the meantime thank you again for listening we'll see you next time bye for now bye